the Metapod, a Pokemon TCG podcast by Dingus and Doofus, <laughs> talking about the evolving meta. I almost opened it up and said, "Welcome to atrocious gameplay." Yeah, that uh, that's work. not correct. And wait, who's who's Dingus and who's Doofus in this scenario? Um, I would say I'm gonna go for D- Doofus. I, I'm gonna call him wanna- Doofus. I'm dirty day. I'm doofus. I'm doofus and you're dingus. All right, I'll be dingus. I'll be <laughs> dingus. But uh, welcome, welcome. We've got a good show for you here today. Episode number 10. We've made it to episode 10. 10 straight weeks of the wackiest podcast here. I think you can say the wackiest TCG podcast, probably, right? That's a I good that's a good one. I mean, who's hey. gonna prove us wrong, right? Like who's gonna come in here and be like, no, no, I'm the wackiest. I'm gonna be honest, I think I'm probably the weirdest Pokemon player that people know. I'm gonna be straight with you. I'm gonna be Bold real claims. I think you're gonna have I, to back that up, my 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 friend. All you have to do is just like watch five minutes of my Twitch stream and you'll figure <laughs> out. You'll figure that out. But anyways, we got a lot of stuff for you today. We're going to talk real quick um, because this is the last, the final week of the um, Ultra Prism to Rebel Clash meta. So we're not going to spend too long, but there was a really cool tournament, a really awesome charity tournament that happened that we're going to talk about briefly for a couple minutes. We'll talk about our predictions to the Ultra Prism Darkness Ablaze format. You may be thinking, Jake, Sean, why are you talking about this now this week when Pog is like in... Is it two like weeks. two weeks? Two weeks. And you know what? There's going to be a tournament this weekend. We'll tell you how to sign up and where to go for that. And then also the big Q&A. We got some questions for all of you wonderful ladies and gents. So we're going to answer them. All of them, even the ridiculous ones. So stay tuned for that. Anyways, Sean, do you want to open up the tournament or do you want me to? I mean, I'll, I'll, I can open it up. Uh, the tournament Sweet. we're talking about is uh the flow t casts uh life is just a game charity tournament so that tournament uh was put on uh by another awesome podcaster uh flow t cast you may know of them um if you don't definitely check out their podcast they stream it on their twitch and it's on spotify and everything so uh he was able to put on a tournament with some of the best players in the game Things like people like Henry Brand and and uh, who 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 else was in this Azul and uh, I believe Caleb Gedimer I believe Daniel yes. Tavilla um, Hunter Butler was there yeah really and I'm sure we're missing other people who are also amazing so it was I think you know to be frank probably the best send off that this format could have had in terms of a lineup of of players I um, agree. And, and yeah, so they did the, the tournament over the last weekend. Um, some really interesting, uh, you know, set of decks were played. I think that was very surprising. Lots of Mew 3s getting played. Oh, which, yeah. It was like, I think it was like 65% Mew 2. It was awesome. <laughs> Super so cool. Basically, what you're seeing here is like everybody, everybody that played in this tournament was just big brain. And those are the people who play Mew 3. So... Lots of Mew 3 players. I mean, you have the the world champ. Obviously, they're they're going to be bringing the Mew 3 heat. Yeah, it was it was a fun tournament. But more than anything else, um, it raised money for a variety of different charities. But uh, the winner, Emery Taylor, uh, hopefully we're getting your name correct. You know, they, they won the tournament. Uh, and uh, what list did they win with? Was it Mew 3 as well? It yes. was a Mew 3. Yes, sir. 
And uh, yeah, so that helped raise $500 for Planned Parenthood in Minnesota. Um, but I know a lot of the other streamers who were part of this raised money on their own for other charities. So if you watched, participated in any way, like kudos to you for, for uh, not only supporting a fellow uh, content creator, uh, but also uh, supporting awesome charities all around the country and uh, world, probably to some degree. And just, I mean, we're not going to dive too deep about like matchups and, you know, all these crazy things. You know, I, I did see a Mewtwo list with a 1-1 Dragapult. So uh, Hunter Butler, if you ever want to talk to me about why that is, I would love to have a conversation with you because that's pretty, that's the first time I've ever seen that personally. But this format is basically dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Yeah, the next part that we'll go into the the Neil Pie Open. I mean, starting this weekend, um, the Neil Pie Open is going to be Ultra Prism to Darkness Ablaze. Do we know if uh, the Hegster events no. will be that? I or the Hegster. I know last the invite coming up. Uh, yeah, the last chance qualifier and the Invitational. I'm pretty sure are both going to be in current standard format. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I could be wrong. He could change his mind. But the reasoning that Ethan gave for a lot of that, he wants to ensure that the tournaments are not because, you know, the invitational for him is like a culmination of all the events that he's already hosted. Yeah, he's done a great job. Yeah. And he he wanted to make sure that the um, the winner is based more off of skill and less off of, um, you know, the variance that comes naturally with any new format. Right. Okay, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I respect that. I yeah, respect so that. uh, that's another big tournament that's going to technically be in the current standard format, uh, but that will also be an invitational. Uh, you can mm-hmm. try to qualify for it in the last chance qualifier, which I think will be the 13th? August 13th, yes. Yep, August 13th. 13th. So like, if you really want to participate in the current standard format again and get a chance to be in an invitational uh, that's probably your actual last chance. It's a last chance qualifier in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and to, plus the uh, it is legit the last chance because August fifteenth is going to be the uh, the big invitational event. Yeah, and and but to your point, uh, the next format that we're gonna have uh, Ultra Prism Two Darkness Ablaze is kicking off this weekend with the Sunday Open. So uh, yeah, I know that. Also, you may have already seen this, but. Uh, the Metapod is also sponsoring this weekend Sunday what? opening, opening uh, by yeah. matching all of the donations. Um, I think we're just as excited to see these new cards coming into the format. And uh, just I also just to be frank, I, I want to be able to get some of those deck lists as soon as possible so that uh, Jake, you and I can talk about them. When we record, Heck yeah, I gotta, I gotta make YouTube videos. That's as right. Well that's right. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I do know stuff. I do know some stuff, but there's a lot of bigger brain people than me personally. There's a lot of smart people out there. So that, that will be, so next week we're going to be talking about pog and we're going to be using the information from the Sunday open this weekend to talk about it. But before we even get to the Sunday open, let, let's make some predictions, Jake, Jake, what do you think if you had to pick Three decks. I'm going to give you three so you don't have to just pick one. But three okay. decks that you think are going to do really well in the Sunday Open. ADPZ, obvious. I think ADPZ is going to be doing well. Um, I think that Item Lock, Vicable, is going to be really good. 
just because you know you're still going to have electro powers you're still going to have thunder mountain you're still going to have Faulkner. um there's a lot of good options for vicavolt and now we've started to see variants with vicavolt you know that's not just condensing it to straight up lightning you know that also includes now um amoongus which i've actually known about for a couple weeks a buddy of mine bedov uh played it a little bit and then celios posted it the other day um so I think some form of Vicable is going to do really well. Um, but the third deck, I don't know. I would maybe... This is going to be like my... my uh, what is that called? My wild card. So then we have two different opinions, most likely. I think Firebox. I don't know why. I just have this gut feeling. Because Heatran GX is insane, in my opinion. And I think that, I think that Firebox is going to do real well. I think that's a absolutely fair call. I know that uh, Andrew from Tr- Tricky Jim, uh, he was playing around with some Firebox focused around Heatran, and he was saying that that deck is just insane. He's got a video of it on his channel, so check that out. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a good sort of underdog call. I think that ADPZ and Vikavolt are a pretty good call in terms of like kind of what people expect especially for this pog format or this uh, mm-hmm. ultra prism to darkness ablaze where you still have thunder mountain and e-power in format Vikavolt is just it's just like so much flexibility you know you don't have to hit for just 50 on the item lock you can hit for 80 you can hit for oh god quick math 110 you can hit for 140 you probably don't want to use quad e-power in one single turn <laughs> but if you wanted to you could and then there's that 190 attack which only costs two energies with thunder mountain in place so it's like I, I just think that Vigabolt's going to be really good, especially because like what I've noticed when I've tried to deck build in this format and match up against item lock is that I realize like how dependent I am on items because we haven't really had a dependable, easy, good item lock in a while. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I think that good item lock is uh, not something I've really been familiar with. I never I didn't play in the Seismitoad era. Uh, nor did you. Uh, you may have played some in Expanded, but... Um, yeah, Seismito doesn't see too much play in Expanded. All it's, right, it may just be like, everything else is so broken. It just doesn't Yeah, matter. I mean, Expanded is just a hot mess of a million miles an hour. So, like, especially no attacking turn one. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, Seismito might not be the best. Anyways, continue on. I mean, look, I agree with you on ADPZ. Um... I want to say I agree with you on Vikavolt. I like Vikavolt a lot. Um, so, and I think especially weekend one, you will have a lot of players who will choose not to overtech for Vikavolt, right? Because mm-hmm. um, people are still going to be figuring out the format. So, I don't think you'll see quite as many Mallow and Lanas and Bird Keepers as you would if Vikavolt established itself as a clear front runner. So like, let's say that Vikavolt placed one through eight and um, Neil Pye open, probably Pog would have a lot more yeah. than of the Malos and Lanas and Birdkeeper Tobies. Exactly. I need to stop saying Birdkeeper Toby. It's not actually, it doesn't say Toby on the card, but there's like, I think it's a YouTuber's name is like to- yeah. Toby, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a YouTuber's name, Birdkeeper Toby. Yeah. I, I, I just keep thinking of him, and, and that's like the perfect, I don't know, that card is literally him. Yeah. Um, shout outs to you, Bird Keeper Toby, if you listen to this. And then I think, you know, for me, the, the last thing will be like, okay, well, 
any early format, the question is going to be what um, what can take advantage of the natural um, lack of you know structure to a new format. And I think something as linear as Eternatus VMAX can certainly do that. Because um, I, I genuinely don't think, as much as I like Bilalba and Bryson, man, as a soft tech, um, I just don't know uh, how, and especially being so early, the question will be how many people do you think can even get Eternatus VMAX? And then do you metagame yourself out of playing counters? Meaning, you know, the Corbominable uh, everybody's talking about is one counter. I have, I have yet to like see really anybody play that. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just not watching the right videos or the streams, but I, I haven't really seen it. It's, it's one of those things. What was a card that people were like, this is going to be gas, but then nobody played it. What? Oh my gosh. There was a card recently that had that effect. Was it Milotic? It was like everybody just wanted Milotic to work. Yeah, I and was it one just, of them. It just didn't. And I wanted it to work too because Milotic is a really cool Pokemon, in my opinion, very beautiful. But it just it it people were like, "This is such a good idea," and paired up with Absol, and it just didn't work out. And I think that's what Corvominal is. You know what I might think will do well at Pog. I I kind of have Charizard a Max. No, no, that I, was just a <laughs> random guess. First thing popped in my head. I have a sneaking suspicion that um pika rum does well at the sunday open i could see that because like look it's a super consistent deck it doesn't really gain it gains if you want to throw a vika bolt in there go for it but it doesn't really gain a lot from the new new cards um Mm -hmm. but what you do get out of it is the consistency of pika rum and you know, assuming that ADPZ, let's say ADPZ gets played. I don't know if Pikaram has a great ADPZ matchup. Um, I think it's probably 50-50 is my guess. Cause like tag bolt turn one. I mean, if you can, well, if you can get off a tag bolt turn one with what you would need triple E power against a. No, you don't have to knock out. You just have to, you have to hit tag bolt turn one. You're talking full so blitz. Then, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Full blitz. That's, that's what I meant. You full blitz turn one. You don't have to full blitz to the active. No. But like you full blitz, then they GX and then you knock it out. Mm-hmm. And then they have no like they have to use their metal saucers to accelerate. So that's like the game plan. That's how you win with against in that matchup, in yeah, my opinion. Definitely. But I think the, the challenge is you probably have a Dedene on the bench. And so then you're like, OK, well, ooh, if I have Dedene and Zero Aura or Dedene and anything else and they can just go around my Picaroms. That's see, but that's but like if you're here's the thing, though, like because they take a little bit to get going. So if you whack, if you kill the ADP before it gets to accelerate energies, then it's easy as pie. It's easy as pie because then like you go, you go into the you go into the Zacian that maybe they've started powering up because they had to pass on a turn. You can bring it up. Um, You whack into it with a tag bolt. You know, you maybe use one E-Power or two E-Powers, depending on if they have the Metal Frying Pan. Although I don't know how many of them are actually playing Metal Frying Pan still. But anyways, you could use one or two E-Powers, which is not that hard to find. Um, I feel like right now, especially when you talk about the additions of like Crobat V and Dedene in a deck, 
like mm-hmm. it's a lot of draw son um you just do that and boom you knock out that one and then all you have to do i mean if they've already used up some resources on that one zashian that you just knocked out like they, what are they gonna do <laughs> i mean it's i still think it's a 50 50 just because like getting another zashian powered up especially now with turbo patch is not that hard I mean, Turbo Patch does make it a lot easier, but like... And then you throw, if you know, if the deck decides to not play Frying Pans, but instead, instead play one or two Toughness Capes, mm, mm-mm. <laughs> but anyways, cape. I think that Picaram, because it's such a, you know, heavily played deck, and because you... You know, don't worry. You're not worried about using things like Wondrous Labyrinth because you have so much acceleration. Um, I just think that, you know, you might see some players, you know, hang on to Picaram and do well just because it's consistent, right? No, yeah. And I, again, like you were saying, like, I don't think you have to do much to it to make it work. But, like, I, speaking of like Biloba and Bryson, man, I think Picaram is one of the better options for that because it runs tag call. Yeah. Yeah, I I think anything that runs tag call, you know, I don't think it's out of the I don't think it's blasphemy to put in if you're trying to tag against Eternatus and you found that I haven't honestly tested it too much, like using that one of. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like with tag call, that's the most ideal way if you're a tag call deck and an already established Picaram deck that's using tag calls because uh, before Limitless Qualifier 3, who said tag call Pika was the goat? <laughs> who? Sean, tell me who. I assume you. I don't remember this. I have no Heck memory. Freaking yeah, me. I have no memory of this place. It's my um, it's my claim to fame on Pokemon Trading Card Game is calling tag call peak. <laughs> it started out as a meme, but I believed. I believed. I mean, so that's that's I think that's my call. The only other thing I'll I'll say is you might see a decent amount of control being tested out at um the neil pie open it re- i think it's fair that is really i think going to depend on if people who are planning to play control for pog want to give people the option to play against their decks right i think that that that's one deck where it's like the less people know how to play against it the better almost mm-hmm. um so if you have a testing group, you may decide, I'm not going to bring my control deck to the Sunday Open because I don't want people thinking about it. Well, but on here's the, other the thing, hand, like, you don't have to submit your deck list in the Neil Pie Open, right? Um, you do, I believe, for Top Cut nowadays. Well, Top Cut, yeah. But yeah. like for, for Bottom Cut, you know, if you really just want to test it and you don't want to, maybe like because like you have to submit your deck list and Top Cut and stuff, you really, really don't want people to see it. You know what? If you go 5-0, just drop or switch decks. You know, yeah. switch decks, bring something else. You can keep that a secret. There's a way on PTCGO where you don't have to let people see your deck list. I mean, I, I'm i probably going to play Control at the Neopi Open. I'll be straight up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good choice. It. I think a lot of people will... Um be in the like people who like control decks which is granted a small per- percentage but people who like telling that, you weird. weird it's like the best time to practice because now you get to practice it against you know people playing in real games and not just testing groups and mm-hmm. so you could catch a lot of people off guard because control 
and even mill like that whole combo like that that way of playing the hybrid yeah it's not something people have been playing against for at least you know two months now yeah so i I think that would catch a lot of people off guard i mean i think i didn't put it in my top three because like i don't think it's going to be i don't think it's going to play a lot i think like you said it's going to be a select amount of people um and then probably half of those people won't do well um probably myself included but (laughs) um but you know what i just don't want to play games that end in in three turns that's that's why i've been playing a lot of control lately but uh there i will say here's my hot take there's gonna be a fighting deck that goes a long way it's gonna be really cool and then people are gonna people are a lot of people are gonna play it and then it's gonna do real bad phalanx everybody's playing phalanx i don't know maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe. phalanx I mean- but like there's gonna be there's gonna be a fighting deck that comes into the Neil Pie Open and it's going to absolutely, th- it's like when Excadrill came into uh, Limitless mm-hmm. Qualifier 3 and just dominated. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think you might be right, especially like. I wonder if Excadrill is a good call. Hold on. I <laughs> Back to the drawing board. I think in a world where ADPZ is good, I don't know if, and, and, and in a world where also you expect Picarom to see less play, um, because I do think. But we'll you see think about play. it, like less play for Picarom and bring in two decks of Item Lock, Vicavol, and Eternatus. Like that's true. Is that more than what we had before, or is that about the same? Well, the problem less? with Excadrill and Item Lock is you have to find your friggin' Excadrills, and yes, you're milling yourself. So, like, how are you going to put cards back in if you're an Item Lock? Yeah, you. That is definitely <laughs> a situation. So maybe not Excadrill. Maybe not Excadrill. Rhyperior. I think scratch that, scratch that off. If anybody's going to play a fighting deck, my honest opinion is you're going to play a fighting deck that features Rhyperior V because Rhyperior I also saw, has control elements to it. I saw Malamar. I saw Michael Catron. Oh I think gosh. it was posted a Malamar list that had a Rhyperior V and a Melodic V, and I was uh-huh. like, "This is awesome." I mean, look, I love people it. People talk about that deck, but my favorite response to that on Twitter was, "Okay, cool. So you you're happy to lose to ADPZ? Then that's cool, because that's basically an auto loss to ADPZ." Yeah, because like you know, knocking out a melodic and a Rhyperior is 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 a piece of cake. So it's like, cool. You can hit me for not enough damage to knock me out, probably. And then I can just swing back for two turns and just win the game. Um, What's a Rhyperior V with the toughness cape? Uh, I don't know. Probably like 260. I think Rhyperior is probably either two, maybe 270. Um, Rhyperior is probably like a 210 to 230 HP. Probably 220, though, is my guess. Because uh, it's supposed to be like the you know those big chunky boys. Rhyperior V is two thirty. What okay, is the so toughness cape? Two eighty. Two eighty. That ain't I don't bad. Know. That ain't I bad. Don't know. Uh, so I maybe don't know. you could put that on a Tina as well. Mm-hmm. And that might that might disrupt some stuff. We saw Luxray with like what one ninety. Luxray with one ninety was really hard to hit. What that's one eighty. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you might be right. I think uh, if you want to put toughness capes in for the Rhyperior in that matchup, like, that's not bad. That's not bad. Does Rhyperior's, its main attack, the one that you want to use, though, it just puts energy, does it discard it or put it back in the hand? Uh, uh, sorry, I'm trying to find an English picture. Discard an energy from your opponent's discard. active Pokemon. That's very good. That's pretty nice, actually. 
And then heavy rock artillery during your next turn, Pokemon can't use heavy. That's we have so many switching effects that doesn't matter at well, all. Also, can't use heavy artillery. I don't care. I'll just use drill run and discard an energy, right? If I'm still yeah, alive. Yeah, I mean, well, you go drill run, you go drill run to discard an energy, set them back one, and then you go heavy rock artillery. Mm-hmm. And that's 290, and that knocks out like an ADP. Yeah. Does no, ADP mean, play be, tough? Uh, ADP should be. play toughness cape. You don't even Plus need you toughness get like cape. a fighting dojo, and you get the... De- now you we're not even need, talking you about Malamar anymore. You got, you got buff padding. That's fine. Either one. No, no, I was talking about for the ADP, but yeah, oh, buff padding... Yeah, yeah. Buff padding could, I would think toughness cape is better because then you can put it on a Tina. Yeah, you could put it on melodic as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Better. Yeah, I think that's just better. Anyways, is that, do you have any more hot takes? I don't have any more hot takes for, for not Paga, for the Sunday Open. I think now we can get to QA to everybody's questions that uh, sent oh. them in. Yay. Thank you, everybody that sent in questions. We have several questions now, some of them. Definitely going to be uh, shorter than others, I will say. I'm trying to... Ah, yes. Okay, here. I We've got several questions, some from multiple people, or I'm sorry, multiple questions from some people and then some one of. So um, I'll just say this. Cashman responding with five different questions. That's awesome. Thank you, Cashman. And everybody else. Um, so it's not. I'm not going to do all five right away of Cashman. I'll just go like... One person, Cashman. Another person, Cash. Just kind of bring up a little variety, you know. Yeah. You know that sound good. That sound good. I haven't heard these um, questions either. This is blind. A blind. Yeah. Sean Q&A has no idea. Sean has no idea, which is going to be the best part. Um. So question number one, Cashman. Thank you so much for submitting this. When did you guys initially get into collecting or playing Pokemon TCG? And when did you get back into it after years away? So I think this is I think this is asking like when did you start playing slash collecting when you were a little kid? And then when did you get back into it mm-hmm. as an adult? So Sean, would you like to go first? Yeah, I mean, look, I am going to just come out here, OG. I got into the Pokemon trading card game. I didn't really play correctly when I was a kid, but I uh, I did collect the cards. I tried to play, but I didn't know how. Uh, but when it when it first released, I am a basic <coughs> kid. <laughs> I you know I I like literally 1999, 1998, whenever. Um, I owned Red and Blue on the on the Game Boy when it came out at my middle school, and then I got into the cards. Oh, middle uh, school. You can check on my YouTube, actually. I found an unboxing video of me from the year 2000. Ooh. January 2000, I'm opening up a Japanese Team Rocket box. That, that's a thing that I did. Uh, but yeah, I lived in Dallas um, at the time, and my parents were kind enough and irresponsible enough in some ways <laughs> to, to buy me a card. So I was able to, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to open base set boxes, right? Fossil boxes. I think I even Dang. opened up at one point a base set first edition box. Yeah. Who should have kept that seal? Yo, I mean, look, you never know. I don't even know where the cards are now. That's the saddest thing. I went back home no. a year ago. I don't know where they are. I have my old Yu-Gi-Oh! first editions, but I don't have my old uh, Pokemon first editions, really. Nah, that's Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, look, my Yu-Gi-Oh! collection ain't worth that much, but uh, I wish I could find the Pokemon cards. But I don't have them. But that's when I started. When I was very, very young. I was the kid hustling other kids at summer camp 
being oh, like, yo, I'll trade you this, this, and this for that Charizard. I was, I was that jerk hustling other kids. I'll trade kid, you 10 other cards. Kids. I'll yeah. 10 cards for that Charizard Hollow first edition shadowless. That's right. I was like, and my favorite, my favorite card I think at the time was like, obviously everybody likes Charizard, but I really love Blastoise and Zapdos. Those two in particular, mm, lots of love. So that, that was my, and then I got back into it. I think Jake and I got back in around the same time, which was about a year ago, a little over a year now. Uh, so around when Unbroken Bonds first released is kind of when I got back in and Got back in as a collector first and foremost, but then sort of transitioned more to a player. Um, and I don't really, I'm not like a hardcore collector anymore. Uh, I want to get back into collecting, but I have to sort of wait until my finances and, and the purchase of a home sorts itself out until I can actually put money into collecting again. How about you, You and your home buying. Yeah, I know, um, very anyways. adult. So when I was a kid, I, I have no recollection of opening up booster packs when I was a kid. I think most, if not all of my cards came secondhand. So like I remember I had a babysitter growing up. Um, I was born in 1996. So like I was about four or five years old, you know, having babysitters and stuff. And um, I remember they gave me Pokemon Red. They gave me old Pokemon Red. I think Gold Crystal was out by the time of like 1999, 2000. Um, actually, when did like when did gold, those release? Gold and Silver would have come out just after I think Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Yellow I think would have come out in like maybe 99 or 2000. So, so might have been 1999, like 2002. 1999 is when Gold and Silver oh, okay. came out. So like Gold and Silver had come out, Red and Blue. Kids probably not playing them anymore. My, my, uh, my uh, babysitter wasn't because he he had gold and silver. Um, so he gave he gave me Pokemon Red, and then my mom because he gave me Pokemon Red, I got a beautiful silver Pikachu and Pichu Game Boy, which I hold very near and dear to my heart. It still works and it's awesome. But anyways. That was like my introduction into Pokemon and like I watched the anime a lot. It's a huge Pokemon fan, but not really into the cards. I just got the cards to a second hand as like a fun thing. You know, being four or five years old, I had no idea what they did, had no idea how to play. None of my siblings did either. We didn't really care how to play. It was just cool cards to collect and put in a box, which I'm hitting myself because I had a I had a base set, not a base set. It was a it was a hollow Machamp that I wrote my name on in pen because I didn't want my siblings to take it. So I wrote the words <laughs> Jake on it. And you pen. played and yourself I, there. Jake. I did play myself because <laughs> now I'm like sleeving up cards. I'm putting, I'm keeping them in mint condition and I'm checking values, but no, it's fine. Um, that'll be, that'll be something that you can, you know, do a charity giveaway of a, of a signed, of a signed atrocious gameplay card from your childhood. I don't know. I don't know where that is because I went home and I looked through all I look. I hit when I hit like freshman year of high school, I think, because when did when did Diamond and Pearl release? Because it was after the last like games that I played before I hit my teenage phase was uh, Diamond and Pearl. Um, it definitely wasn't 2006. When, because I I was in high school from 2011 to 2000, no 2010 
2015. Yeah, because 2010, that was the fall. Um, so I played like Diamond and Pearl offhand like a couple years later. Um, and then kind of as I started getting more into swimming as like competitively. So like when I realized like I'm not an actually intelligent intellectual human being sports is the only way that's going to get me into college um i started focusing more on that instead of pokemon and so i hit my two cool for pokemon phase because at my school it was not cool to be into pokemon and i i so desperately wanted to be cool um (laughs) look at me now world um (laughs) but then when around team up came out when around team up came out because I had I had fractured my spine. And so I was doing a lot of different things to pass the time as it was healing. Um, so like I was binge watching like Family Guy, Futurama, American Dad. I love those shows. They're just so funny. They're so stupid, but they're so funny. Um, and I eventually as all those shows ran out, you know, I watched all those episodes. Um, I started watching Pokemon VGC matches. Um, and so I got to the announcement of tag teams. I saw like the the trailer for tag teams and all like these new Pokemon cards and stuff. And so when I would be sad, I would go out and I would buy Pokemon cards and I would I would open that up because I had a job that paid me way too much at the time. Um, and so I had a little bit of extra money and I spent it on Pokemon cards and then as I started getting more and more Pokemon cards, I started looking at them and reading them and being like, huh, like that's a that's an interesting attack. And like then I started learning the game, started watching people on Twitch, came across Purple Cliffs Unbroken Bonds Marathon. The rest is history, head over heels um, into that. So that's how I that's how I started getting back into the card game. That was a long winded answer. No, it's a good answer, though. You told a story, you painted a picture. Yeah. And plus, I don't want this pot. I don't want this section of the podcast to be like five minutes. I want it to be like a lot. That's right. We're stretching. I got to I got to do the a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. You know, podcasts don't have a watch time thing. They don't we don't have to go an hour. That's just more editing for me. (laughs) Yeah, I want I want Sean to stay up till midnight because we're recording a little bit later because I just got back from Chicago. All right. What's the next? uh, What's the next question on the list? The next question from On Guard. So thank you, On Guard, for submitting this. Um, With the new resurgence of testing with Firebox, as I had mentioned earlier, um, gunning for that hot two, or I'm sorry, the hot two, the turn two hot burn for 350. What do you think is a better welder deck between it and Centiscorch, and why? So do you want me to answer this one yeah, first? You can, start, you, you can start with your answer. Okay. So the the base of what we're at right now, I think in the Pokemon TCG, the state of the Pokemon TCG is we're all about speed. All right. It's about getting to a place as fast as you can. And so Welder, you're able to attach three energies on in a single turn, a single turn with the addition of Welder. Now with um, Hotburn GX, you know, especially right now with like the V maxes, the tag teams and stuff. If you can turn to 350 and knock out the Pokemon that they're building towards, you could probably stop them, I would think, right? Like you pretty much stop what they're trying to do. 
Um, maybe for the most part, for the most part, we'll see. We'll see with like turbo patch and other things like that. But I think that just like the ability to hit that right away. And okay, let's say you hot burn for for three fifty, take three quick prizes, um, and then they reply with a knockout. Maybe a Zashing comes up. You know, they were able to use metal saucers and turbo patch and whatnot to be able to do that. All that jazz. Um, and they knock out your Heatran. Well, you have a whole bunch of support like fire crystals, right? To get, and plus now you also have Turbo Patch to get energies out of the discard to be able to welder, to be able to accelerate energies. You could realistically power up another Pokemon after losing seven energies on that Heatran in the very next turn to take a reply knockout. So, like, this format is very heavy on like taking that first knockout. I feel like personally, um, and I think that I think that um, Heatran just has a way better opportunity to take that speed and utilize it and take advantage and go ahead rather than send to Scorch, in my personal opinion. It's a resource problem for me of like, if you can do it, like, you know, potentially like taking six, sorry, three prizes um on your second turn assuming you go second and you can use welder because the only way that this works let's let's is if you use welder you have to use welder two turns in a row um and you have to use volcanian on your first turn going second that is the only way you get seven energy on board but Uh, turbo turbo patch uh turbo patch is welder twice oh i guess yeah you can you yeah you can turbo patch onto other bench pokemon that's very true yeah and then the heat train as it comes to the active another like boom sean cleared my point well no i'm i'm the greatest i'm just kidding again i come back to resources right okay so that heat train with seven energy now you've got three prizes check odds are your opponent will then respond if they can respond and knock out your heat train then now you Probably you're both tied at three prizes each at least, right? Because you're assuming that you... I'm, I'm guessing that the Volcanian gets knocked out because you need whatever it is that you want to knock out with those seven energy to be in the active. Because you can't boss's order it up and welder on the same turn, right? Yeah. So if they're leaving... If they know what your strategy is and they still are going to leave it in the active and take one prize, then they've taken one prize off Volcanian. If they can respond and take two prizes off of the heatran then like you're kind of at the same place you're both taking three prizes at that point and then the question is okay well who has more resources going into the rest of the game you have burned at least two welders of your four now there's ways to get them back with eldegoss or orangaroo mewtwo or palpad whatever right there's ways to get it back but like any welder deck has those natural challenges right those consistency problems me welder, me win. Yeah, if you if you can pull off the welder again, then like congratulations. But say you get those three prizes, if they have something up there that has some amount of HP, you know, then like, okay, well then what do you have to knock out the next thing? Double is not going to get it done if they've only taken three prizes, right? Because then double is only hitting for one. You go Turtonator. Turtonator is not going to have six energy on the board because all of your energy has to be on the Heatran and that get, got knocked out. You don't know about that. No, it's 100%. If you, take, if you do 350 damage, all I of the energy... I hit three turbo patches. Boom. Easy. <laughs> you Done. have to flip heads on all three. See, that's my point, right? And even then, even if you attach Welder for two, three turbo patches, that's only six energy. 
if you're if you have another Eternatus VMAX sitting back there that they knock your Pokemon out with, then like you have to take a turn off. And then if they gust up Turtonator, then you're in a bad spot. I mean, so my point is like, I think it's super powerful. I think though that it is a risk that you just take, right? You've used your GX for the game. It's very aggressive. Super aggressive. Now, look, like we said earlier, Tricky Jim, he's, you know, hot on Hotbird GX, right? <laughs> on Heatran. So, I am too. you know, I got to trust him to some degree. Like there's, there's probably a lot of validity to this. And I think you have a good matchup against uh, ADP Zacian because you don't need to waste as many energy. And then you can follow up with Volcanion because they're probably not playing metal frying pans, right? Yeah. So I think in that respect, you maybe have a somewhat okay matchup if they don't have, you know, you know, boss's order for three prizes, boss's order for three prizes and win because you're going to have Dedenne's on the bench. So if they get that combo, then you're kind of, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, shit out of luck. <laughs> but that's always Sean curse. That's that's always oh, the God, problem, right? Sean curse. <laughs> that's always the problem when you're playing ADP. If you have to play Dedenne's and other two prizers, then you're just kind of like, well, I hope they don't have gust for game <laughs> for yeah. the second attack. That's yeah. that's uh, that's what it feels like. It, I still think it's better than Center Scorch, though. Um, I think your best. I think your best bet for a fire deck is Betran. Betran. I mean, this is almost one where I'm kind of like, I think the combo of Heatran Center Scorch is probably really good, and then the question becomes because Center Scorch can can survive at least one hit from any you attacker. could play you could play heatran in center scorch exactly this might be because you know center scorch can survive an attack right so yeah you can safely power up is unless they boss's order after you welder and power it up starting if they boss's order and immediately knock that center scorch v out that kind of sucks but it happens but assuming you can evolve into the v max you're pretty sure that that energy is safe there for at least a turn so that way you can start committing energy to other pokemon that you don't have to waste you know what i mean mm-hmm. so in some ways i kind of that's it's it's a safer play it's more conservative um and because you're evolving there's always room for that not to happen but um i don't know i think to me that is probably what maybe is the long-term more consistent way to do it but i mean look high roll is a thing I love just being aggressive. And this will go into the next question, at least for my answer. Coming in by Cashman, what has been your favorite decks to play of all time so far? Oh, man. Um, your deck or decks. You can choose one or you can choose a couple. I'm just going to choose one. The only deck that I, I almost made day two at a regional with, because I've only ever been to one proper regional, you know, COVID and all. What regional was that? Uh, Atlantic City. Okay. So that was my first, I, I did go to the DC Open um, when I first started playing. And I guess it's a regional, but I mean, I was like a month, two months into the game. But I went to Atlantic City Regional this last year and I played Firebox. And uh, yeah, I was Bye. five, I was five, one and one at one point. And then I just choked, choked in the home stretch and didn't make day two. What did you, what did you hit in the home stretch? Like, what was your record in the last like four or five oh, matches? Two. It was only two more matches. Oh, oh, and two. Yeah, I went five, three, and one, and I missed. Uh, I missed top cut uh, into day two, and I also missed top one twenty eight. I was one hundred and forty first. Oh man, it was. It sucked. It was like 
I missed 40 points by, by virtue of, I don't know, losing a couple of games at the end. Uh, I've never played in a regional, but I would tell you that if I play in one, I'll win it. Oh, good. Um, so you just got to play in one, right? So <laughs> yeah, I just got to, I just got to be able to play in one. I just need all the sports that happen in the world to stop on a weekend. So then I can go actually to a regional. Um, but firebox was my, my, has been my favorite deck thus far, just because it is kind of high rolly, but man, you, the combos you can pull off are nuts. And it's pretty uh, flexible. I feel like, yeah, yeah. And at the time it was like, you played nine tails and I, I even went to, um, at a regional event, I went to a, a, uh, what is it called? Not a overtime, but like when you tie somebody, Oh, um, a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's like when you, oh man, sudden death. I went to a sudden death game ah, out of a best go. of three series. And I, cause I was playing a uh, Giratina Malamar, Tina tags. And so I was able to like maneuver around it. We went one and one in the last game. I took a knockout and then I, I knew this was going to happen, that they would take another knockout with the damage counters from a spell tag. So we went to sudden mm, death Mally. and I was able to, I was able to win the sudden death and that felt great. Right. Cause it was like, I felt like that was the first time that I probably ever played a skill-based matchup because it's pretty skill-based to beat at the time to beat, you know, Giratina Malamar with a firebox, especially. So you need to know what to gust. And I felt mm-hmm. like I played it absolutely perfectly the entire time. And to come away with that win was like pretty validating. That's awesome. I have, I have like two answers. One, well, they're actually, they're not that long. Uh, my favorite deck in terms of the one that's gotten me the most points. Um, the only time I, I haven't been to too many events just because like, again, I work in sports. Sports happen on the weekends. Very hard because work comes first to be able to go to a lot of events, um, which was why I was super excited about this summer because I was like, I'm going to go to so many cuffs challenges and some regionals and I was super excited. But anyways, Oh, I hear thunder. I better make this quick because there is a thunderstorm coming. Um, Control was the only thing I've ever top cutted in a cup in. I played in like two or three cups. I did top eight in the Ultra Prism to Cosmic Eclipse format. Um, I played Pidgeotto Orangaroo and I, I played phenomenal. It was so much fun. I feel like I did really, really well probably my most accomplished tcg moment in all honesty was doing that because i just wanted to play control i messaged uh stefan erickson god how do you how do you say his name yeah um i'm pretty yeah so i i emailed him ivanov you mean no 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 no, not erickson um stefan stefan he's not american so that's why it's a little bit hard for me to say but um, he had been doing really well with Pidgeotto Rangaroo. And so I sent him a quick email. I was like, Hey, I, I want to try something different and I want to play this at a cup. How do you prepare? How do you, how do you learn how to play and, and what maybe changes to this event that had just happened before? Um, are there any changes that you would want to make on your list? And it was the event that he actually did a deck list error. So he didn't have stadiums in his list. Oh, so he had to put um, fairy energy in, right? I don't know if it was fairy energy, but he had to put, I think more, more energy in his list. Um, but he said, obviously put in, put in these stadiums instead of extra energies. And so, um, 
that was the that was that. But I think the best the or not necessarily the best, but my favorite deck of all time to play was Baby Blounds or I'm not sorry, Baby Blounds, Big Blounds, Blounds GX Naginatal. It was just so fun. I loved Beast Ring doing quad beast ring in a single turn to just blow something up and uh being able to draw cards through welder through heat factory through Naganadal's ultra conversion it was just so fun to play and i i enjoyed it a lot so um that's probably my favorite deck of all time to play but the but i do put in favorite to the decks that i do well with because i only like to play decks that i enjoy so there's that answer. Um, okay, next question. Hold on, I gotta scroll because Cashman provided five. This one by Mellow Magikarp. Sean, this is very important. I need you to listen carefully. Okay, okay? I'm listening. Is a Pop Tart a ravioli? Um <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm gonna go out on the I mean, what is the definition of a ravioli to begin with? I think a ravioli, but wait, actually, let me look this up. Let me look this up. Rav, rav, how do you spell ravioli? There we go. Ravioli. Ravioli are a type. Well, it says it's a pasta using comprising a filling enveloped in thin pasta dough. So dough, I think, is like the key word here. Containing so that meat, is like cheese or vegetables. It doesn't it doesn't say necessarily like what has to be in it. It just says usually served. With these different things in there. So, in my personal opinion, I think Pop-Tart, it's got bread. It's a dough, all right? It might not be the exact same as pasta, but it is doughy. It is a doughy outside, and it has filling inside, as raviolis are. Raviolis have some sort of thing inside them. I don't know. I consider Pop-Tarts to be a type of ravioli. It's like a cousin. I, you know, I think you are cousin of ravioli. I think you are stretching what a ravioli is, my friend. I think you have no imagination. Uh, I, I mean, I see the resemblance, right? But uh, resemblance does not a relative make. So it's a, it's a cousin, you know, like I have cousins that are like over six foot tall. All right. They're they're very they're very good looking people. And then there's me. I'm I'm a little bit on the shorter side. I'm not that pretty. You know, we're still related. We're cousins. They've the you thing. might not know that we're related and you might not be able to tell by looking at us, but we are related. And that's the same thing with the Pop Tart and a ravioli. Nah, 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 nah. Have you okay, can you eat a ravioli uncooked? Do people eat uncooked ravioli? Answer me yes, yes or no. No. Yes. No, people do not Has eat your microwave. Ravioli. Have you ever had the power out at your place? The power's out. All right. And you you're eat like, cold, oh, God, uncooked what do I... ravioli? You know what? When times get desperate and you don't have money, sometimes you just got to do it. Do you put a Pop-Tart in the fridge? Is that how a Pop-Tart needs to be stored? I mean, actually, brown sugar Pop-Tarts. No. That's actually don't. not that bad in the fridge. I'm not saying is it good or bad. I'm saying is it necessary to store them in the fridge? No. No, just because they it's not stable. necessary to heat up a, a a can of Chef Boyardee ravioli. No, no. No, my point is does is, it say is a ravioli is not a shelf it. stable product? So, thus a yeah, ravioli a Huh? We just decided that you could put the Pop-Tart in the fridge. You can put it in the fridge, but a Pop-Tart is shelf-stable, whereas a ravioli is not a shelf-stable product. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. A ravioli you have to keep in the fridge. Nuh-uh. Uh-huh. 
What ravioli are you cooking? When you open it, when you open it, okay, then you got to put it in the fridge. What ravioli are you buying that doesn't come in the refrigerator section? That this chef, you buy you buy Chef Boyardee and you tell me if if you when you find it in the grocery store in your Kroger, Payless, Walmart, whatever. All right, you tell me if your Chef Boyardee cans are in the fridge area, in the frozen area, the fridge area, you I know, mean, with the dairy and the milk and the cheese. I guess I've never I don't think about Chef Boyardee ravioli. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know what? We're here now. We're talking about big brands. Oh, we got Kellogg's okay. Pop-Tarts let's, and let's, boom, we got Chef Boyardee. I don't think boom, we will ever we will, we will never reach an agreement on this. Thank you, Mellow Magic we Carp, for breaking up <laughs> the Metapod. Sean said that he has not seen ravioli in the fridge sections. It's on the shelf. No, no. Ravioli is always in the fridge. No, it's not. I think. Yes, it is. I have ravioli in my freezer that I always get in the fridge. section. I retract my statement. I retract my statement of saying that I'm the weirdest Pokemon TCG player. It's officially Sean because Sean puts (laughs) his ravioli in the fridge before he opens the can. No, it's not. Doesn't come in a can. Yes, Good it ravi- does. No, no. You're, Google you're, Chef Boyardee rally ravioli right now. Yo, nasty ravioli comes in a can. That's not nasty. It's, it's just Chef Boyardee. It's we like have one to of move the on. biggest brands of pasta. We products. have to move. What is the next question? I don't care what the next question is. How <laughs> do you not eat Chef Boyardee? No, 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 no. I don't play that. I don't play that. You're blasphemy, my friend. Anyways. What is your best memory today about playing the Pokemon trading card game competitively? This was sent in by Cashman. My best memory today about playing the Pokemon card game competitively. Mm. Yeah. That is a tough one. I don't think I have a singular best memory, if you want my honest opinion. Um, I think in general... I'm a person that really likes having a hobby and I had a hobby for many years prior to Pokemon. And then I didn't have a hobby for several years because I was like more invested in my work and career. And now I have a hobby again that is Pokemon. And I think that it gives me, you know, a sense of community of camaraderie with other people. So broadly speaking, my favorite memory is is all of it. I, it's a, not an answer, but like I don't have wow. a favorite memory. Wow, all of it. Sean's just mad about this ravioli. That's thing. right. My favorite memory was going to be <laughs> Mellow Magikarp's question, but then it just got soured by the by ravioli. Soured by you being wrong. <laughs> what What about you? What's your favorite memory? Proving me wrong about Pop Tarts? No, I think it was <laughs> probably the first game or the first win that I had in the in my run in the cup with um Pidgeotto Orangaroo control because like I started out 0 and 1. I started out 0 and 1. I played I played a Tina Chomp, which is pretty much an auto loss. Uh because they can just spread damage around and things like that and uh be able to really whack you really early and cheaply. Um but round two I hit a Guardi. I hit a Guardian. Um, Guardian, I think just depending on how well you can get the, get the control part of it down, um, I think is what really stops Guardi. If my memory serves me correctly, because like they, they had greens, they use greens. And so you greens for your greens and your greens. So you have to be able to like reset sample at the right time. And you have to be able to bring back certain cards, um, at the right moments and things like that. And, um, I think. 
because like we were the last match as control usually as we were the last match for that round. And so everybody being around me and like I had no like major event wins. I've, I've been a, I'm a relatively new player into the game. It's still my first year of playing. Um, I think being at a local event and seeing the people that go to my local league and stuff, seeing me play like a control deck. It, which is complex at the time it wasn't necessarily as much mill as it was control so watching me be able to pilot this like complex deck um and do well with it i think was super cool because i think it added validity or, or maybe like i mean it didn't necessarily add me validity as a player but like it made me feel valid yeah it was um, self-validating it was I could totally see like the improvements I made I've made in the last like in the months leading up to it and stuff. And that was like super, super satisfying. And like, you know, people tell me like, oh, my gosh, great job. And, you know, playing this card instead of this card and doing this and recognizing that he did that. And like that was super cool. That was super cool. I will not forget that uh, that event. That's awesome. It's awesome. And also Pop-Tart is a ravioli. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. continue, continue. All right. Next question by, uh, Mr. Micro. I believe this is micro bot. One of my viewers in Twitch chat. Why is Shellos? So Sean, I'm going to reformat this question. <laughs> okay. Do you like East Bay Shellos or West Bay Shellos better? I, it, you know, if you want my honest opinion, I don't really have much of a thought on Shellos as a Pokemon. Do you East. even know which one is East Bay and which one is West nope. Bay? Nope. I this is where I'm going to be showing my uh, lack of playing the video game knowledge. I just no idea. Cue the boo hotkey that I just pushed that mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, show I edit this. I'm not putting that in. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> How about okay. you? How about, uh, what? You're just still mad about ravioli. Uh-huh. Explain to me what East Bay and West Bay Shellos are. Okay, so do you know Shellos like as a Pokémon in general? Yeah, vaguely. So do you know that there's two different colors? There's a pink one and a blue one? Nope. Okay. So there's two different shellos. There is a East Bay shellos. It's it's blue with some yellow trim and it's got like a green bottom. So the top of it is blue. Kind of the gooey parts of a of a slug is green. And uh it's a little bit more wavy. It's a little bit more um I would say it's a little bit more like Japanese style. If you were to put those two shellos next to each other and I were to ask you, like, which one looks more Japanese in terms <laughs> of its its design and things like that, I think you would say East Bay shellos. Um, and then the other one, the West Bay shellos, it's pink. It's got little spikes on its back. Um, and it's got, like, little bulbs that kind of formulate in a circle on top of its head, little bulbs. Mm. Um, and they're both very cute, but uh, I personally like East Sea form shellos. I like East Sea form shellos. That's a mouthful to say. The blue one, uh, because he looks more like he looks like more like a dragon. He looks like he's zooming. Okay. He's got little wings and he's and his ears are like are more flat more padded down instead of straight up. Um, I am so looking, he, he looks like he's zooming. I am looking at this image now and I am a hundred percent with you. East, the blue one, whatever the East blue Bay one is. Shellos. East, well, it's East Sea. East Sea Shellos. I keep Bay, I'm all about East Sea like Shellos. My East favorite C colors Shellos. are blue and yellow anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. 
I think blue and yellow is a weird color combination, especially when paired up with green, but I'm pretty okay with the shallows. All right. We down with the the shallow. Yeah, we're (laughs) we're done with the shallows. Um, Okay. Next question. Okay. This one by Cashman. Favorite person you've played against or best match against a certain someone? That's a tough one. Um, (laughs) This requires me to have a memory of these things. Usually, like great matches, I feel like they get wiped from my memory based on the stress of playing them. <laughs> the Guardy match that I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to say that because I have no idea who I played against. Someone I've never met before. <laughs> I will say, I think I played a Mewtwo. I was playing Welder Mewtwo against, I believe, someone in my area named, I want to say Edwin. I could be wrong. Um, I think his Twitter handle has Waylord in it. But uh, I was playing a Mew3 Welder against a Tina Chomp deck. Um, the Roxy, Tina Chomp, and everything. And that deck at the time, it was scary, right? So you sit down, I am playing in a cup, and I am able to pull off, um, I think it was like, he might have reset stamped me down to four or something, because he might have been playing Miss Mages too. I can't remember, I think so. And basically, I had to draw the nuts, if you will, in order to knock out this uh, Tina Chomp on the second turn because I went first and he was able to put damage and like literally the next turn he would have blown up my Mewtwo and that would have been basically game over it's that kind of game and I was able to get everything down and draw into it and and uh and then he went on and we both actually went on to make top cut so I'm happy that like that that win didn't knock him out but I was able to get past it crazy matchup um and it was just one of those games that afterwards we were both like if you don't hit that you know, I win. If you do hit that, you win. It was just about the most nerve wracking set of plays ever. I would say my favorite because I've never been to like a regional or anything like that. So I don't have like super big matchups. I would say my favorite one that I did was against Sean when we did a conquest. You no, did really? like a conquest five decks. I would say that would honestly like in all seriousness, like cheese aside. That would probably be like my favorite because we both went in with like whack decks. (laughs) We like I brought Aerodactyl GX. uh, You you brought Bolton because you love Bolton and stuff. And I brought Bolton with I think Electros is what I I played that against. Yeah, I was able to pull it off against the goons or something. Yeah, and I played goons and like I played a bunch of decks that like I wasn't used to. And even though I got smoked, like it was fun. (laughs) It was a lot of fun to just play against you. You know, there was no real stakes besides bragging rights. And I thought that was a lot of fun. That's probably my best memory because I do like having those like fun moments with other people. Yeah. Um, but I've never I've never had an event like my my. Uh, the the best match against a certain like I haven't played against Azul. I, I almost played against Azul one time. Um, at a challenge, but I was at the top table and he was number two for that specific round. And so I was like, dang, I was one off from playing you. I was hot <laughs> that day with baby blounds or I'm sorry, big blounds. That was my big blound time. And I remember there was uh, overtime and I just all I had to do was go burst GX. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's that was like, awesome. that's so gross. In a it was death. awesome. You're it was like, awesome. Burst GX. And it's like, this, this, form, this format with sudden death was not designed for 
an yeah. automatic prize <laughs> yeah like my my opponent i i my opponent had said oh man we got to go to sudden death and i was like yeah this is gonna be i'm sorry be crazy <laughs> i actually like did not realize he had told me as we were shuffling and he's like well you're just gonna burst gx and then i was like oh I can burst GX. <laughs> You're like, thank you for like, the strategy. I had, never, I had never been in that situation. So shout out to him for letting me know about it's only one prize that you have to take. Yeah. And I can just burst GX because that that's awesome. I didn't know. And I was going to like, I don't know. I was going to try to like weld her up and try to blow him up. <laughs> I probably honestly like what what would have happened probably like if I missed the opportunity to use burst GX. Honestly, what I probably would have done, or I'm sorry, missed the opportunity to like get a certain amount of energies to blow him up because he was playing Firebox. I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to knock out the Reshazard, if I miss like the amount of energies I needed to knock that out, I probably would have just done Burst GX anyway. So then I can knock out a tag team, and then because that's like what you usually do, yeah. right? You you knock out a tag team, and then you knock out a two prize, um, like two a two prize or yeah. two Volcanians or whatever, but. I probably would have burst GX anyways, just not knowing that that, that, was that a, would be your win. That, that was the literal win con. Yeah. So that was that's that's pretty. That was probably like. I don't think that was part of the question, but that was definitely like <laughs> a good moment, I guess, in terms of like at an event, I guess I should say. Um. So next one. How many questions we got left? Just we got curious. a couple left. We got a couple left. OK, uh, just like we got one from Captain Swan. Um, and then I think we have two more from Cashman. I think we have two. No, we have one more from Cashman. Hold on. There's that one that we haven't answered yet. And no, I think we just have two questions left. Two questions Perfect. left. Okay. So this one is coming from Iza or Captain Swan or whatever. Um, thank you for submitting this question. For the Pokemon card collectors out there. So for the collectors. What is your favorite Pokemon card art? And then a little parenthesis there. Actually, I won't give you the parenthesis yet. I'll wait to hear your answer. Mm, man, what is that's... your favorite card art? I think there's like a nostalgia aspect. And then there is like, if I just had to look at a specific thing constantly aspect, right? Um, I lean personally for like, for like what I would like to look at for nostalgia and everything. For whatever reason, things like Zapdos, uh, I, I really just like it. Um, it's it's super basic. It's not like that amazing of a card art. Let's be frank. But that Pokemon and that like the the bright yellow of it and everything is like lots of memories there. So I would say that Zapdos for me is like an old school card art, and the new school. Um, man, that's. That's pretty tough. Um, I really like the full art supporters. They just look so good. So if I were to have oh, to pick the full art supporters, yeah, they just beautiful. think about that. Um, if I had to pick one full art supporter, man, they're just they're all good in their own way. But maybe something like one of the Misties is really good. Like Misty's, uh, uh, I can't remember the one. The one from Unified Minds is really good. Misty's favor. Uh, yeah, Misty's favor is very good, um, and I suppose the other one might be. Yeah, Misty's favor is what I would go with for now. It's like a full art, just pure artwork um, for now. Yeah, off the top of my head. 
Okay, this is really tough for me because I'm collecting all the full art supporters. So that's really, really hard. I have like a top four. All right. I have a top four. I cannot choose one. Okay, so number one, I'm going to just make it obvious. It's Rowlet because Rowlet's my favorite <laughs> Pokemon of all time. I really, really like the Darkness Ablaze card of Rowlet. I think it is adorable. I think it's wonderful. I love it unconditionally. And then branching, I guess it's top five now. The Rowlet Alolan Executor alternate art. Very cute. Mm. I love it. You don't really see Rowlet, but like you see the little speck and you're like, oh my God, that's Rowlet. And it's adorable. And I love it. Um, but I, I have two old cards that I really, really like in my collection that I had when I was a kid and that I love. One of them is Porygon from Team Rocket. So, Sean, do you know that card off the top of your head? Um, probably, actually. It's... So it's Porygon coming out of the box. So it's like an open box and there's a Porygon sitting in the box. It's it's adorable. I, Porygon is honestly like my second favorite Pokemon oh, of I all see time. It. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just like peeping out of the box. It looks like it was a present, and it's just it's so adorable. And it's my favorite Porygon card of all time because I love Porygon so much. And then another card I don't really like. Slowpoke's not really in my top five, but the fossil Slowpoke of just like picture. <laughs> of Slowpoke a little bit far away and then some clouds oh, yes. in the background. It's card. so like it's so funny and it's so random. I don't know. I, for some I reason, love it. is this an Ima? It's, no, no. It's not an Imakuni. It's not. It almost looks goofy enough to be an Imakuni or something like that. Yeah, it is a goofy looking card. It's so flat. Yeah, it's just like it's so basic, but I, I love it unconditionally and it's so funny. Um, but if I if you were to tell me like Jake, you're collecting all the full art supporters that's your favorite type of card, what would you pick? I would say Coach Trainer is my favorite oh, full yeah. art Coach supporter. Trainer is very good. It is quite possibly like the best card, in my opinion. Like honestly, one of the best cards ever printed art-wise. Um, that being said, I love EX um like plasma full arts. Mm -hmm. So like the the Deoxys EX, the Genesect EX. Like that era of full arts is awesome. And I love them unconditionally. And I want them all, but they're kind of getting expensive because black and white era. Um, but anyways, those are like my top five, I oh, guess. I, I did a lot of cards. I'm forgetting. Jesse and James full art. Oh, Jesse and James full art is really good. If you watch yeah. the anime... It's just it's it's a I wish it was a better, more playable card. But boy, howdy, it's a it's a good looking card. It's very I, hey, I played it in my run of the top cut with Pidgeotto Oranguru. I had a Jesse and James in that list. I didn't have the full art at that time, but I had a Jesse and James in that list. Um, But yeah, that's a very that's a very beautiful card. It It really like captures exactly the anime of Jesse and James, which is very nostalgic. I also like Decidueye GX shiny from Hidden Fates. I guess if we're going to add a Hidden Fates, uh, I because I love Decidueye and it's shiny is beautiful. Anyways, I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> I'll stop with the cards and we'll get on to the final question. If you guys could travel to a place just to play Pokemon trading card game, where would it be? 
I mean, I guess, are we going for like, is it just the view of playing the Pokemon card game? Or is it you a place could, that- You could like, you could say like just a really cool place to play the Pokemon trading card game. You could say um, a place where you know a lot of people from that you would just love to play with. You could say just a, just a place that you want to visit and then go around and see if they have any local uh, leagues going on. You know, while you're there, I, I mean, it, it's a, it's kind of vague, but you can interpret it how you want. I mean, look, I think something that I actually do want to do, and it's not going to be as whimsical as maybe the answer could be, but I do want to go to Japan. I've been once for a couple of weeks, but this is before I played Pokemon. I want to go back. And when I go, I want to be able to like know what deck I want to build, buy all the Japanese cards and then play in a Japanese tournament while I'm in Japan like that is an actual dream of mine. I do not speak Japanese. I would probably have to learn a little bit just to communicate, but I mean, you would go in knowing exactly what every card does. So I think for me, that would be something I actually want to do. I think that's, that's actually like, I would say that too. That's honestly what I would say, because like, I love watching the Japanese decks and some of the Japanese tournaments on like YouTube and stuff. But, um, just for the purpose of providing a different answer and not picking back off you, I would say I want to go into like the Ohio area and play. Um, Cause like you talk about the different, there's so many good players like in that area, not just Andrew Mahone, you know, you got flex daddy righteous up there. I have a lot of friends that are over in that area, you know, dapper bearded um, people from my community that you may know on Twitter. Those are wonderful people as well that live over there. So being able to go over there and just play games with them, you know, whether that's on the full grip stream or just, you know, hanging out with the buds, you know, cracking a cold apple juice with the boys and gals over there, you know, like that, that to me would be a super fun thing to do. You know, Sombra's over there too. I've hung out with Sombra. I've, I haven't played really with Sombra, but um, I, I like hung out not, with her at internets. I feel like you're not that far away, right? How far is Indiana? No, I'm not that. I'm not that far away. The thing is, like, I just can't go over there, right? Because, like, I, well, I there's work nothing in to sports. do now, anyways. Well, I, I yeah. mean, you say <laughs> that, but I have a freelance job so that I can pay rent. Um, I, I still have lots and lots of work to do. Oh no, but I'm saying, um, like, uh, you know, there's no tournaments. Oh yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no sports. There's no tournaments, you know, and. Um, people aren't really playing together. And I've, I told Andrew, I tweeted at Andrew Mahone one day. I said, yo, Andrew, if you ever need someone, I told I, at the beginning of the summer when the pandemic started, I was like, if you need someone to come by and, you know, play some tabletop games with you, I am open because my job is like not happening this <laughs> summer. I, I pitched it to him. I didn't hear from him, but. I I mean, he's, it got, to him. he's got his local crew. And I think if you're trying to minimize some exposure, you know, the two yeah, people you I, work I with am, is probably. I am fine to drive at the <laughs> butt crack of dawn over there. So, Andrew, if you ever hear this, when the the December set, well, actually, I don't know. It depends on what sports are like. But you call me up if you ever want to play some tabletop, and I will gladly find some time to play tabletop. Jake but is on call. I, I mean, honestly, like, I just want to do stuff. I just want to do cool stuff because, like, this, I'm not going to play this game forever, right? Like, yeah. there's going to, there, there, there will be a, I mean, I might collect the cards forever, but I don't know if, I don't know if it's something that I will definitely play forever, like when I'm 80 years old. No, 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 no. I will definitely appreciate the cards for, for the time. But 
that is all I think of the podcast today. There is a very dark storm that looks like may give me some trouble. So probably want to end this recording. If Jake doesn't stream for the next week, you know that his power went out. <laughs> yeah, we should. I should be streaming by the time like as this goes live and there should be a YouTube video that comes out. But I just got back from Chicago. Whew, those leaves are flying. I better actually check the radar. But like um, I just got back from Chicago visiting family. My mom, for those of you that don't know, my grandfather has been diagnosed with cancer and he's been going through chemo and he's he's old. He's not young. So uh, we're we're spending as much time with them as possible um, before college athletics, before we're supposed to report back to college athletics because my mother and I, who my grandfather is my mom's dad, um, her and I both work in college athletics. So especially since, you know, schools can still schedule games, not necessarily have NCAA March Madness championships. They can still schedule games. Um we're still on call to go to the office and work full time here in a couple of weeks. So um, now's the best time for us to be able to like go see them and stuff. So, so I still have to record today's YouTube video or tomorrow's YouTube video or today's, I guess if you're I mean, listening to the podcast. Yep. Time dilation is real. Uh, yeah. And I may <laughs> die. I, I may die from the no, storm. Who no, knows? No. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us. Um, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for submitting the questions. Uh, if you, if you like this and you're not already subscribed on your favorite platform, go do that. And then also oh, give wait, us a Sean, rating. Sean, we what? have to, we, how do you, when is, we have to remind them of Pog, the stuff for Pog. Did we find the, uh, the I don't know. Just, if you want to play in the Pog championship, when you hear this, just go register, just do it now. Yeah. Go register now. I even think if you probably have a little you're... more than a week still, but just do it now. Yeah. And plus, like, if you if you decide, you know, maybe the day before, like, ah, I'm just not going to do it. Just drop. I'm pretty sure it's like, yeah, it's isn't free. It free no to enter? Foul. Yeah, it's it's free to enter. So there's if if you're on the fence, just do it now before you lose your chance. Just do it. Do it. Shut do up. it. Do it. All right. That's going to do it. Peace out, everybody. Bye. You look cute today. <laughs>